Welcome, welcome everyone to the Simon Dan podcast, the place where science and conspiracy collide. Uh, we're back. It's episode 24, I think. Um, just a quick uh, request from me before we crack on. If you've been listening to this podcast for a few weeks now and you're enjoying it, then please, please do leave a review on your podcatcher of choice. We really appreciate it if you could. Um, we, we're really trying to, to grow this and a review would certainly help. So thank you very much. Anyway, Joining me again this week is my Everlaw co-host. He's been on an absolute mission to find how many golf balls are in the air at any one moment. More on that later. It is Cats. Welcome, buddy. How you doing? So I'm doing great. And that I've, jingle, mate. Like I said, every time I hear it, I get a shot of testosterone running got, through my bones. I've got it's, some uh, news. I've got some news. I've spoken to cool. Wolf, uh, and he's going to make a hardcore version of your jingle. Oh, right. So we can, we can ramp it up, right? So, you know, you've, got, you've been moaning for ages. You're going to get... <laughs> I'm joking. I'm going, you're fine. Not moaning. I, I know. I, <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Anyway, how you been? Good week? Yeah, busy, mate. Busy. But it's been it's been good. It's been eventful. Again, everything's been eventful. But it's... Um, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. Good, good, good. I mean, we won't do Flat Earth News this week because we're going to be talking about it quite a lot. So let's just, let's just crack on. So joining us this week is a man who was once a major part of the Flat Earth community, but has since left that all behind to rejoin Team Globe. It is Ranty. Welcome and thanks for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. Good to be here. How are good. you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm so pleased you could come on. Um, I wanted to just quickly chat about, before we get into it, um, Probably the first time that that you and I had some sort of a, a dealing was the Elsa Craig video. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was a, a very long time ago. I believe yeah. Sleeping Warrior brought it to me, actually. In fact, he brought it to the Flat Earth Debate he did. team. He did. And I believe at the time you had about, I would say, close to about 150 subs. Yeah, I, I didn't have many. I didn't <laughs> have were, many. Um, you were a tiny little speck on the horizon. I was, I was. I remember it really well that uh, Anthony said that him and Nathan decided not to bring it up because they didn't want to give me any exposure. I'm, I'm sure they said that. I think they're regretting bringing yeah, it up now. I think they possibly are. But anyway, I, I mean, that I I made a really, really, it, it was genuinely slap hand. I just quickly skip, skimmed it out and chucked it on. <laughs> Um, to try and prove a point, and you guys were all arguing it. Have you had a chance? Oh, I guess you haven't had a chance to look at it now. But what do you think about that now? That that particular uh, I, that observation from Al Kay? Well, to be honest, I mean, it is so crushed and and just deformed, and you know, it's really difficult to just say for sure exactly what you're looking at. It really, really is, and that's why you know we had such a bit of back and forth at the time because. You know, we could make it look like what we wanted it to, to make yeah. uh, to look like, and you could do the same. Exactly. And of course, it was <laughs> good course. fun. Honestly, it was good fun. It was my first like farage into like to arguing with you guys with like the your types of people, um, and and it was good fun. I really enjoyed it. I'm sure you guys did as well. <laughs> oh, we loved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so it, it was our mutual friend Cats, wasn't it, that facilitated your journey back to the globe side. Can you just quickly go through the process of how you came back? What was the, the main story? Well, I think that might be a little bit uh, mistaken, actually, to be okay. fair, because okay. um, it wasn't actually that kind of uh, kind of way it went down, really. But me and Cats started working together at the back end of last year. So sort of like we got talking at the start of November, I think. And by the end of November, we decided to do this podcast and we put a podcast out. That's the almost unbelievable paranormal podcast in case anyone's interested. We'll link it. And that's it. That's a good 
boost for that. Plug, it? Yeah. Get, it plug, plug, get it in there, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so we started working together on that, but we did make a decision together to not talk about flat earth. You know, yeah. I understood where his position was. He understood mine. And, you know, we just thought we'd work together well. And we did. And we kept that going for the longest time until I saw this image back in February that pops up. So we'd been talking for over three months and I just did my own thing. Caps was doing his own thing. He was putting videos out against the flat earth. No problem. It didn't bother me. And I saw this image and I thought, oh yeah, I'm going to be able to put a video out or pass it to somebody to put a video out about this particular image that popped up. So I did some calculations on it and it, it stunned me because it didn't show what I thought it was going to show. And, you know, after a bit of soul searching, I sent it off to Cats and said, hey, double check this for me because I think it's actually a globe proof and I'm really shocked. And he passed it on to Ruhif and yeah, I mean, it was just so difficult. It was so clear. It was so obvious what we were looking at. There was no denying that it was absolutely proof that uh, there was drop in my location, which is what I've been asking for. And it was certainly enough for me to change my mind after five years of research and being a very, you know, sort of like popular figure in the community, I would say. Yeah, on both sides yeah, so i'd agree with that so yeah so it was just a case of this one image changed everything for me um in case anyone is listening and they haven't seen the photo it is blackpool tower isn't it in front of a range of mountains behind quite some distance behind and the figures say that on a flat plane those mountains should be higher than blackpool tower but they weren't in the photo were they yeah i mean that's just one um obviously one it, from yeah. the from the globe earthers perspective you know you're looking for a mathematical equation to say okay well the mountain should be higher than the tower and that's absolutely true on a glow on a flat plane it should be and it, it's quite clear that it matches up trigonometry wise perfectly to a globe and there's no denying what you're looking at for sure i mean it's not even close uh, on the other side of the coin because the mountains were so beautifully covered in snow yeah. all the ridges were highlighted which meant that you could actually pick out individual features and you could determine where eye level was firstly because of the known structures of blackpool and you could also then determine where your eye line would intersect those mountains behind blackpool so based upon all that it was it, it was so clear that there was uh, at least 350 meters of drop and that couldn't be possible on a plane. We had Ruhif come in. He did some calculations using pixels on the, you know, with some kind of program that he's using and working with. And that gave exactly to the to the pixel the same conclusion I came up with with just analyzing the image. Cats did the trigonometry on it. I mean, whichever way you looked at it, there was no possible way this could be possible on a flat plane. Yeah, I mean, you did the live stream and it was brilliant. I have to say, all three of you, it was fantastic analysis of the photo. And and then on the live stream, you, you said it, you came out, um, you said that you were no longer a flat earther and you, you were siding with the globe. How has that reaction been? Was it was the reaction what you expected from both sides of the argument? Oh, crikey. Um, <laughs> it's, been, it's been confusing because for the first week or week and a half at least, the flat earthers weren't believing it. And they were saying, going around, he's playing a trick on the globe earthers. He can't possibly be coming out as a, a globe earther on this particular image. It's not true. We don't believe it. And I'm like, how many times do I have to go around arguing? Because I was <laughs> yeah. with people saying, no, it's it's genuine. I'm being serious here. But they were they were sticking the fingers in and saying, Ranty can't definitely, he, he's not going back to the globe. No, 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 no. And I'm like, yes, I am. 
And no, he's not. He's playing a trick. And they're still going around saying it now. It's really confusing for them. Uh, and I think when that wears off, they are obviously going to, um, you know, come around to the idea that I'm some kind of shill or something. That's already started recently. Probably. I've seen the, uh, you know, people uh, set putting videos out about me. Now there's the mocking videos. Then there's the anger. I've had the angry responses from people uh, messaging me, talking to me, you know, just really now everything seems to be, you know, I'm now the enemy from, yeah. from the flat earther's point of view. And from the globe earther's point of view, I've just been welcomed. It's been quite strange, actually. I thought I would be like, now nah, you're definitely not allowed to come back to the globe. We don't want you. And instead it's been open arms, come back. We, we're happy to have you. I was like, yeah. Everything that I thought was going to be the other way around has not been the case. I thought that the friends that I had in the flat earth community would still be my friends. Turns out, it, well, maybe they were fair weather friends and not really friends at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, which is a shame, isn't it? Um, cats, can you just explain to to us what was going through your mind when you thought that he could be wavering here when he came to you? In, in all honesty, um, it was to keep my mouth shut because okay. um, I mean, I have not had this conversation with Randy actually, but when we started the podcast, he's right with what he said earlier on that we we made like a pact. We just don't talk about flat Earth, right? Because yeah. it, all that's going to happen is we're going to disagree. What's the point, right? Sure. So we didn't talk about it. And then when he brought that image to me, I mean, uh, deep down, I was looking at the image sort of um, without him being there thinking, bloody hell, this is, this is absolutely nailed on this. Yeah. But the last thing I wanted to do was um, really bring it. And, and I, you know, I don't know what Ranty's take is, but I don't think that I, um, I don't think that I sort of hassled him about it. I don't think that I kept going back to him. I thought all I need to is keep my gob shut, let him, process whatever he's got to process and i'm sure because i know behind the scenes he was analyzing it really carefully yeah i thought if he does analyze this really carefully he'll come to his own conclusion and the last thing anybody wants is me chipping in so i don't know if that's a fair reflection Ranty, but I, I do like do you think i kept out of it enough or? uh <laughs> well that's an understatement he was so laid back about it he <laughs> i was messaging him every week saying dude, you need to put a video out about this. Dude, I'm telling you, it's serious. It's proving drop. And he's like, yeah, I'm working on a video and I'll get around to it. It'll be out by the end of the week. This is what he was telling me from week one. By the end of week eight, I'm still asking him and getting the same response. Yeah, I'm just finishing off the script for it. I'm still doing And I'm like, Brilliant. mate, I said, I said, like, this this has got to go down now. It's got to happen now. You have to do it. You have to do it right now. And he was like, right, okay, I will do but it took a lot. I had to push him into releasing that video. Yeah, I think that's a good way of doing it though, because I think he's right. If he'd have, if he'd have, almost like if you're, if you're like a trader, stock trader, and you're trying to close a deal and you just keep banging on about it, um, you're going to lose it, aren't you? Um, do you think if he'd have pushed it, Ranty, that would have changed things? To be honest, no. I mean, I think if I'd still been running my debate show too, and I'd seen this image pop up. I would have still brought it to the community and I'd okay. have still demanded answers and I would have still been doing the calculations on it and probably been in the same situation that I'm in now. So I don't think it would have made any difference if he'd have, have jumped all over it to start with, but I can understand why he did take a step yeah. back because yeah. he wanted it to be my decision. He realized I'd invested so much time into this and he didn't want to be responsible for, you know, me coming out and then have the blame put at his feet. Cause it was no blame. It was all to do with me. It was my own personal, um, uh, calculations, my own reasoning. I had to prove it to myself. I proved it to myself. Nobody put anything in my mind. I just did it myself. Yeah. Um, that brings on nicely, actually, to... to I, I didn't think you were 
you were like other flat earthers. You were very evidence-based throughout your entire time. You focused on observations mainly, and I did respect you for that. However, how did you deal with some of the things said by other flat earthers, like, for example, density, buoyancy, the gravity argument, all of that stuff? Well, to be honest, I mean, none of those arguments really weighed heavy on my mind. You know, I wasn't too fussed about that. Okay. I didn't get, I, I really didn't get involved with that argument. And I always said for one reason, I wanted to just understand optics and optics alone. I didn't want my head filled with a bit of this and a bit of that and a bit of the other. So I listened to what people said. I listened to their arguments. I didn't always agree with it, but I never really came out and said I don't agree with it because I didn't feel I knew enough on the subject. The only thing I was really interested in was just finding any proof of curvature where I live. That's the only thing I was bothered about because from my perspective, I was going down to the beach and I could see Barrow in Furnace, which was 18 or 20. Sometimes I was going as far as 24 miles away and and essentially seeing shore to shore, which which, you know, it dumbfounded a lot of globe earthers because to the point they were even saying, well, there must be something going on in your location then because we can't understand how you're getting the, this photography. And I, I, my claim was obviously, well, in my location, there is no curvature until this image popped up. <laughs> and uh, the good thing about that is that other people have actually been back to the same spot and repeated the observation. I know Katz went back to try and do it himself, but he didn't have the conditions for it. But another... I was going to say flat earth and he's not a flat earther. He's a level earther called Bev and his channel's called try thinking. And he's been down, he's been down numerous times now and taken photography with his son, but published the information for, for the community to see. And not just on one occasion, but on many occasions he's been down and seen exactly the same relationship of the mountains to the tower. So essentially, and with his, his own words, when he turns around and says, he's always like that. Well, it, get, it doesn't get more definitive than that because if that is the actual photography that's filmed from that location, it cannot possibly be a flat plane. It just cannot possibly yeah. do that. It yeah. has to be drop. And from that conclusion, you can make everything else up yourself. You can understand that there must be gravity. There must All the rest of the things fall into place once yeah. you've determined that there's drop. And we're never going to see it from an airplane. Sorry, you never see it from an airplane. You'll never see it. I'm never going to go in the ISS. Yeah. But... I will, if I can see it from where I live, then I don't need to know if there's people living on the ISS. I don't need to know uh, anything like that, whether we went to the moon, it doesn't matter to me. The fact is that I now am sure that we live on a globe and the rest of it is all just going to just fall into place for me. Perfect. I don't think there was ever any doubting how authentic you are. I mean, Katz and I spoke several times about... uh, the groups of flat earthers and we always had our doubts on whether some believed it or not but i don't think it ever came up in the question that you were in it for anything other than trying to find out what what we're living on and, and looking at the evidence it certainly mm. came across that way anyway you agree with that cats yeah definitely definitely absolutely yeah and i remember i mean and a big a big supporting piece of evidence of that is i think we both came to know ramsey through his appearances on nathan oakley's show the, yes. the flat Earth debate which um you know, any like that's Nathan's show. That's his money. That's his adverts. That's his super chat. So anyone who went on there did nothing but donate time to it, and and got nothing from it. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ranty, do you think there's a? I mean, I I wouldn't include you in this because, like I said, you are you're in it for the observational stuff, and you wanted to find things out. But in in terms of the normal flat earthers, do you think there's a deeper psychological thing going on here with some of the people that believe it? Yeah, it's funny you should mention that because it's only been in the last couple of days or so that I've actually started to 
process this myself and understand how did I actually end up in that situation where I was in a in a bubble it felt you know looking back now it feels like I was in a bubble I was in like my own little world with my own group of friends and everybody was against me everybody was telling me lies this that and the other and I've started to process it. I was talking to Bob, the science guy. Uh, he's another YouTuber. I think he's got about 20,000 subs. Yes. And we were having a bit of a discussion about that. And I was bringing up the idea that, you know, it feels to me as if I'm a very addictive person. So I've got an addictive personality. Okay. And, you know, I can watch one episode of a TV program and I'm instantly hooked. And then I have to binge watch it all the way through. Well, in the same respect, this was the same thing that happened to me with the flat earth. I got this idea in my head after watching just a few videos about flat earth that I can go down to the beach and find out for myself. And when I went down and saw that I could see further than I should on the globe, I was instantly addicted to this. Okay. And then because flat earth has no end, you've never got the end of the series. The series never ends. It's yeah. like, you know, you're constantly there. You see this addictive personality and the traits al- alongside of that, then then stays in in that in that mindset and i think you know for me i think that's how i'm trying to process it is that for me it was an addictive personality and it does feel like you're in some kind of cult i do have to say when i look back now and i look at how i was and what i was doing and what i was feeling and the pressures from inside the community and what was going on and how people uh, observed other people and what they thought it absolutely feels just like it was a cult and when you leave you can see how the quote-unquote cult is reacting by how they're reacting to me and this is definitely starting to show now you can definitely see the anger coming out inside of the community at first it was absolutely um disbelief but now it's turned to anger and to me that only happens when you are in a cult yeah it's really interesting you've said that all of that stuff actually because seek truth speak truth was exactly the same he said it, it felt like a cult after he left um, is it fair to say that there are some flat earthers that don't that are not really sure about it, but don't have the strength of character to come out because they're worried about the reaction they get from the flat earth community? Well, I can't speak for anybody else, but I would like to, if they ever get a chance to hear this, uh, reach out to them and just say, have the courage to follow what you want to do. If you feel that anything that I've done recently in trying to tell people what's what's happening inside the community what's happening to me personally when i saw this observation the conclusions that i came to that i'm certainly not lying to you if you feel that that is something that you're under the pressure to just feel that you can't leave because you seem to have what what you would consider friends in the community yeah let me tell you this when you leave those friends leave too so they're only fair weather friends so if you have the inner strength to actually remove yourself from that you have to be prepared to lose those friends but then your eyes are opened and you feel back to normality there's a huge weight off of my shoulders i promise you things look better once you are out that's really nicely put mate um speaking of that relationship with those friends the flat earth debate team in particular it was a bit of a roller coaster that relationship wasn't it um i mean we've i've got my opinions regarding nathan and Nancy and, and arwin and things but how much harm do you think that particular show is doing Flat Earth? Do you think they're actually doing anything good for it? Well, um, inside the community, they're a divisive group. Yes. And that's, that's been evident with what happened when, when Bob finally offered his uh, yeah. olive branch to Nathan. 
That's Globusters, Bob. And he offered the olive branch and asked him to come on the show. And instead of coming on the show and being grateful about it, he came on the show and essentially just caused an even bigger rift. It was like it was the biggest slap in the face to, to the community as a whole at that time. Definitely caused a huge rift. And then people went the separate ways and it seemed to break the audience up from the inside, you know, 50-50. There was arguments about this, that, and the other. Then, of course, you've got Sleeping Warrior. I mean, the amount of things he comes up with that yeah. a lot of people disagree with. I'm not going to make my own uh, feelings made upon that, but you can decide for yourself by the amount of times that he's been nominated for certain awards yes. inside the community. So, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so I think, you know, that the way that that debate platform and i'm going to say it's a debate debate platform because they call it a debate platform but yeah. it really isn't um so if you want to if you want to consider that as being the pinnacle of what flat earthers are then i mean looking at it from the outside i mean it's just terrible yeah it's just awful i mean how anybody when you're inside the community though and you're in that community and you're in that mindset you've got you know it is like and nathan even says it's a public chant it feels like it's a public chant, you know, because you're there and you're just, you know, you're loving it. You're loving the way he acts. But once you're out of there, you look at him and you think, what an idiot. Yeah. I mean, Kat, I mean, Katz has done a lot of, of debates and it's well known that I don't debate flat earth. I, it's, I, I, I say that I don't debate established fact, but, even if I went on that show, I don't feel like I'd get a fair crack at the whip because we always say Nathan mutes and shouts and uh, and uses long sentences and long words and all of this to try and um, to try and discombobulate his guests, doesn't he? Yeah, his mute button is his favourite friend. What will happen is he will ask a question to, let's say, a sacrificial globe that will come in to have a quote-unquote debate with him yep. but he's only got a few that go in now and they're used to what happens they go in they get more, no more than five words out of the mouth and nathan silences them again puts them on mute screams and shouts at them demands this demands that for about 30 to 40 seconds then unmutes them then they start to speak they get no more than five words out of the mouth and he mutes them again and shouts at them and it's terrible it's not a debate there's no back and forth. There's yeah. no sharing of ideas and let's come to some kind of consensus or pick a winner. It's his way of just performing basically the Jeremy Kyle show uh, yeah. here in the UK. If you ever got a chance it's to a see that, it was Jeremy Kyle or, yeah. yeah. And, and that's just what it is. And what would it be in America? It would Jerry be Springer. Jerry Springer. Yeah. Jerry Springer. Yeah. Jerry. <laughs> but he's worse. He's worse. He's worse. His, his, um, his anger towards the guest and the way he talks to them, the way he belittles them. I mean, yeah. you have to be some kind of sadist to go in there to put up with that. And maybe these people are, maybe yeah. the people that do go in are that way they like being talked to like that. But when you're inside the community listening to that, so if you're on Nathan's side, you're loving it. Oh yes, he's sure. spanking the globe. Yeah. But when you remove yourself from the situation and you look back and you think, is this how normal people behave? And it's absolutely not. It's absolutely insanity. Um, what did you honestly now? What did you make of that time that Katz had Nathan on Sleeping Warriors channel when he was asking him what diffraction was and Nathan couldn't answer him? As a as a flat earther, then what were you thinking honestly? I was thinking this is embarrassing yeah. because at the time, you know, I mean, we'd we'd been talking about the diffraction limit sometime before. I was the first person to bring it to the community. Then Life Is Short brought it up and did a, a series on it. Then Nathan 
hijack the term and would talk about it without actually understanding the full uh, quotations or what it actually meant or what it did or anything like that. And he was always shouting about it. Oh, it's the diffraction limit, this, that, and the other. And then Katz had him on the ropes when he asked him. <laughs> and it was embarrassing for Nathan. I mean, there should be some kind of uh, soundbite from that, surely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Katz, did you oh, did, did you plan that to, to get him in that sort of way? Or did it no, just happen on the fly? I didn't even plan to be on the show. Uh, Sleeping Warrior was streaming and he called me on Skype. Yeah. Or did he ask me to call him on Skype? I can't remember. I don't think I knew he was streaming. I ended up speaking to him. Then I realized I was streaming. Then he said, well, I'm just going to bring Nathan Oakley in. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't want to speak to him. And I just, um, so no, it was all it was all off the hook. It was yeah. all very, um, it was brilliant, very, very off the hook. It was very funny. Yeah. Um, right, Ranty. Right, here we go. So there was a time that you made a video questioning the authenticity of my subscribers. Is there any doubt from that there, or are you happy that they're all legitimate now? <laughs> is this the revenge after two yeah. years or whatever? Is this is this your revenge? I'm now? just You've asking been... the question. I'm just asking the question. <laughs> right. So he's going to get his he's, look at his head now. It's swelling. It's getting ready to get. Bigger uh, I'm going to be honest. Gonna... I'll be honest with you in a minute. You, you tell me, and then I'll be on absolutely honest with you. Okay. Right. He's going to be really honest with you. So at the time, absolutely at that time. I believe 100% that you were uh, buying your subscribers. <laughs> so <laughs> when I released that, that was absolutely true. But then I saw the metrics. I mean, I saw how many people you were getting watching your streams. I saw how many people you were getting uh, interacting on your comment sections and things like that. And, you know, so originally the first couple of weeks, yeah, then it became quite clear for me at least anyway that, you know, maybe you're getting a big bump up the algorithm with the YouTube stars yeah. over there and, you got a leg up for sure. I, de I definitely got a leg up and we, we joke about it now. I say how lucky I was. Uh, I think it was number seven on trending on that weekend, the, the gate video. Um, <laughs> and honestly, I I was away on holiday for a weekend uh, up in, so I was actually quite close to you. I was near Carlisle uh, at the time. And uh, that's when everything started blowing up and it's when you released that video. And I've got to say now, still to this day, it's one of the things that has hurt me the most since doing YouTube was the fact that people were denying that, that I was that I had legitimate subscribers. Honestly is. And right. I was I was saying to my wife, I can't believe these people are, are doubting that they're, I wouldn't buy subscribers. I don't even know how to do it. And like <laughs> everyone was piling in on it. And I was like, I was honestly, I was really gutted that people thought it. Honestly, I was. Well, let me let me tell you this, and if you've you've been honest with me, I'll be honest with you. I wanted you to have that pain. <laughs> because, <laughs> I bet you because, did. Because even like two weeks afterwards, even when I knew, when I could see that you were getting the views, you were getting the interactions, you were getting the likes, you were getting the comments, people coming over to, you know, respond back that he isn't buying these subs. And I could see that, even though that I still wanted you to feel, I wanted you to suffer for getting all those subscribers <laughs> when measly old flat earthers were struggling a yeah. lot getting one or two every day. And here he comes and he's getting thousands every day. Yeah. So it wasn't fair. And <laughs> I get that. I get that. Okay. I wanted okay. you to suffer. Last question on that. <laughs> when was the last time you had a comment saying that they were real, a real subscriber? Oh, crikey. I don't oh, know. Oh, no, cause... you actually you haven't got the channel anymore, have you? No, because ah, what happened? Yeah. yeah, back in, oh, crikey, it would have been July or August of last year. So I handed the reins to Brandon to, yes. to, to look after the show yeah. for a time, expecting to literally come back at some time. I was burnt out, mate. I was burnt yeah. out with all the flat earth. And then I had some time away, and I realized I quite liked it. I liked putting on Netflix, and I liked just having 
waking up and not thinking about flat earth i enjoyed that time and it was very clear to me very soon that i just thought ha i don't want to go back and do all that no my mind was just taken away from that situation for a time and it allowed me to semi break free and then a few months after that cats got in touch with me and said do you want to work on the podcast that we're working on and that gave me another outlet for something else to think about so suddenly i had broken away I'd essentially given the channel to Brandon I had conspiracy cats working with me on a on the paranormal podcast so of course that was keeping my mind from wandering back into the flat earth and I had no intentions of jumping back into the flat earth until I saw this one image so you know I mean it was kind of like I drifted away and now I'm back in it for a short time. I don't expect to yeah. be here for very long. I've got a message to tell people and that's what I'm telling people this is the message you can either accept it or you don't and you know at least if there's some people sitting on the fence if I, if i only get through to 10 percent of them then i could be saving a lot of people's mental well-being and lives going yeah. forward because they can change things and come back to normality absolutely and i think that was uh cats i think you agree with that as well that was probably one of the main things that we were concerned with when we started our channels was to trying mm. to get the people on the fence because we knew that the flat earthers themselves were were gone it was the ones on the fence we were aiming at wasn't it yeah, and like any time I do a, a debate or any time I'm doing a live thing, I'm, you know, I'm, and I think uh, I think Ranty said as much in his debate with with Brian's logic uh, this weekend that, you know, he's speaking to not to the person he's debating, not trying to convince that person. They need they need to to come to uh, conclusions on their own in their own time, but to speak to the people watching who are a bit like that. Yeah, you know, that, that's always always the yeah. And the I goal. think you've done a, a hell of a lot recently, Ranty, to for those people for sure. Definitely. I, um, I do feel that it's had a, a massive effect inside the community from what I've seen. Oh yeah. The the ripples from this, the effects, it's like um it is like somebody's just dropped an earthquake inside the community and it's ruffled a lot of feathers. You can see how desperately the community is trying to shore up this without it and sweep it under the carpet. And I'm determined to not let this momentum goal currently i want it to carry on i want people to see this message and see that they can also get out of it if they really want to but they have to be prepared to sacrifice the people they thought were friends in the first place get away from the cult get back to normality and start living the life again yeah spot on right okay we'll take a quick break it's time for cat's curiosity time and this week he i think have you done your homework this week buddy so ranty what i did is i asked uh cats to find out for me to calculate how many golf balls are in the air on earth at any one time and he, he says he's done it so let's see what he's got that's it i'll talk you through my process now there's going to be people who are uh and also i'm really curious as to why that question has been asked i'm sure i'll find out afterwards but um there'll be people who actually play golf who will be listening to some of the assumptions i've made here and they're going to think that's not right well, i play golf so i'll tell you if you're if you're out on your assumptions okay brilliant so i needed to google uh one or two facts of right, course, yeah. to get me started so first thing i googled was the number of people uh, in the world who are estimated to play golf i needed a starting point Okay. which come out um, at 36.9 million people. Wow. So Yeah, a lot of people. So then I thought, well, how often are people going to play? Um, so I also Googled, you know, I went on some golf forums, how how, how um, often on average do you play golf? And we had, obviously, you had the extremes, but it did seem to average out in terms of the number of rounds a week. Um, 
you know, less less than once a week. But then I had to factor in, if we're talking about golf balls in the air, we've got to factor in driving ranges. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to add that together. I'm going to say it is once a week. Okay. Right? So then um, I need to figure out, well, how many people are playing golf per day? I, I just thought if we're going to do it on average, let's do, let's do an average. So I divided 36.9 million by seven to get 5.27 million people playing per day. But then I had to think, well, of those 5.27 million playing per day, how many playing it actually any one time? So um, I Googled uh, how long does it take to play 18 holes? And it takes about apparently on average i don't play about four hours yeah four or five hours that's that's fair yeah so that's that's what i use so i thought well if i can divide that 5.27 million by um uh, by eight now why did i divide it by eight? Oh no i assumed sorry i assumed a three hour play because i was factoring in uh driving, driving range ranges as okay. well yeah. which was a lot quicker so i can that's kind of an assumption i've added to it yeah so then I, obviously there's eight lots of three hours in a day. Yep. So okay. I divided the 5.27 million by eight to get about 659,000 people playing at any one time right. for those three hour chunks throughout the day. But then I needed to figure out, um, <laughs> just looking at my working out. I was <laughs> trying to think what I did here. Then I thought, right, okay, well, if I take that 659,000 and I divide it by the number of minutes in those three hours, um, I ended up with... Uh, hang on, I will tell you a second. So, I ended up with. Let me get my other piece of paper. Sorry, mate. I, I'm the, this, let's start again. Okay. So, one time up percentage. You might have to edit a bit my uh, uh, structure out yeah, here. I can, I can do that. Yeah. Okay. Or I might leave it in for fun. So, <laughs> so any one time. So uh, I, I got there was six hundred and fifty nine thousand. Then I said, if six hundred and fifty nine thousand play at one time, what percentage of the time is the ball in the air? That's where okay, I went. Sure. That's where I went there. So then I had to think. Well, if somebody's doing eighteen holes and it takes about four hours, then that's thirteen point three minutes between tee offs. So every thirteen point three minutes, a ball goes in the air. And then I thought, well, that's not the only time in that round. And again, I don't play golf, so I estimated the ball will go in the air if you take away the putting maybe four times that's in fair. that 13.3 On average, that's fair, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so I worked out that every 2.2 minutes, someone playing around a golf would send a ball into the air. Okay. All right? Uh, on average. And then I thought, well, driving range is going to be way quicker than that. So I made an estimation and I brought that 2.2 minutes down to one and a half minutes. So yeah. I, I estimate from all the people playing golf in the world, uh, every one and a half minutes to send a ball into the air. Okay. And that was based on uh, somebody playing for three hours. So I figured out well, what is one and a half, how many times is one and a half minutes going to three hours? And I worked out a percentage of that. Um, and I then worked out that at any one time, I think I had a percentage of 0.8% of the time for each single player, the ball is going to be in the air. And that worked out at uh, five thousand to and i converted it to seconds my working out's getting sloppy now but i had about five thousand two hundred and seventy two balls in the air and this isn't my answer though okay. uh, at any one time just based on people who play around golf okay uh, but then i thought well hang on hang on when a ball is in the air any one time it's, it's in the air for more than one second and then other people so i i estimated that i'm going to triple that and i got fifteen thousand balls in the air at any one point how wow. far off was i wow I, I haven't got an answer. I was just interested oh. in your <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, 
it was something I've wanted to to know, and I thought let's let's uh, let's use Katz's amazing <laughs> mathematical prowess to see how good he could do. So that's good. Fifteen thousand at any one time in uh, the air. That's facts, yeah. In the air. <laughs> Could I could I just say though that I think the ball's in the air for more than three seconds? I'd say it's closer to ten each shot. Yeah, uh, yeah, you could you could times that by ten. Yeah, not triple it. Really, could be a lot yeah. more. See, I don't don't play golf. I mean, like it would be for a drive, but like how much like a little chip? Yeah, out of the it averaged out. Uh, but I mean, I the thing is, then you you you've got like I if I want to say so say I'm sat with like a nice five iron, I want to hit a nice approach shot to the green. I'm like, yeah, that's going to go two hundred yards, nice and high, slam on the green. I'll, I'll hit it and it'll go 50 yards along the floor into the rough. So it's, <laughs> it's, there's never there's never a guarantee that it's going to go in the air. But anyway, excellent maths. I'm going to think of one, a different type of impossible math sport thing to do uh, next time. I'm thinking it might be something to do with table tennis and revolutions of the ball or something like that. But I'll, I'll think of one. Okay. So thank you very much. Good effort, mate. Good effort. Thank you. Right. So Ranty. Um, We've, we've looked at Flat Earth. Where are we standing on all the other stuff that went with it? Anti-space, moon landing, all that sort of stuff. I know you touched on it earlier. Um, well, I've got, <laughs> I think if you ask most people nowadays, you know, did we go to the moon? The, the, the average people, not people that run a, a, a YouTube channel for the Globers, yeah. but uh, just your average everyday person. I think there's still quite a lot of, a big percentage of people that would say, actually, looking back, I don't think we went to the moon. I would agree with that. Yeah. So... I would probably fall into that category, but for a different reason, just because of what was going on at the time, okay. more the fact that uh, they wanted to end the, the Cold War, the space race and all that kind of things. So I think that's probably probably where I stand on that. But as for the other conspiracies, I don't think I'm going to get into another conspiracy ever again. <laughs> I am not going to look at that. I'm going to watch cat videos and snooker videos and <laughs> ghost videos but the rest anything that has a conspiracy in it i'm just gonna just ignore because i'm so addicted to i'm very easily addicted so i could simply fall into that again and i don't want to yeah. go there yeah that's fair enough was there a conspiracy that you wouldn't touch as a flat earther that other people were peddling <sighs> um to be honest, this was the one conspiracy that I didn't want to touch. In fact, I think I looked at every other conspiracy in the world, and this was the last one, and it kept popping up in the feeds years ago, and it kept saying, oh, the Earth is flat, the Earth is flat. And every time I looked at it, I'm saying, that is ridiculous. Don't watch that video. And I was, that's how I thought. And then it got to the point where I'd watched every conspiracy going, and I was bored, and I stuck that on, and just something in it, struck me whatever was in it and i thought oh that's interesting i'm gonna go down and chat and it just hooked me so from the from what would be the last conspiracy that this was the last conspiracy that i ever wanted to touch and after spending five years in it i certainly won't be going back into it yeah that's fair that's absolutely fair enough but like i mean there were i mean people like i know debate and people like um uh i can't remember his name now the, 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 oh, Mark Sargent. No, why well, can't I remember his name? Um, <laughs> uh, the, the Spanish Birmingham guy. I know him. Spanish Birmingham guy. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Subias. Yeah, Antonio, of course. Sorry, I, I knew that. I knew he is. Antonio, people like that, they they lump into it things like um, the, the anti, like, um, they don't believe that there was the, the Jews were all killed and things like that, do they? So are those sorts of things you were like not kind of you were kind of staying away from as well 
Yeah, and I didn't really get into it in the you know when I was doing my debates either. In fact, I wasn't yeah. really interested in that. But you know, for me personally, it was just one thing I was interested in, and that was just show me proof of curvature locally. That was the only thing, and I understood where other people were going, and I did listen to what they were saying, and it was interesting. But was I too fussed about it? No, I, it's not something that I would uh, want to investigate because I think I don't want to go down those rabbit holes again. And yeah. I think that uh, that would be my advice to most people. If you've got out of a conspiracy, don't go back into them again because it can be very addictive, whichever one you go down. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Has has the whole thing, has the whole experience been like a, a mindset change for you since, oh. since it's happened? Yes, 100%. Um, <laughs> I think we were saying just before we started the show, yeah. I said, it's really weird, actually. I'm sat down here with conspiracy cats, and all I've wanted to do for the past four or five years is punch him in the face. <laughs> Not conspiracy cats. I'm <laughs> Sorry, let me say that again. Let me uh, say that again. I'm, hey, I'm keeping that bit in. Whatever you say now is not going in. <laughs> uh, fraudulent slip there. I oh, meant to dear. say you... I meant to say you uh, sorry about yes, that. But yeah, yeah. and I, I would see your face and it'd be like oh that guy's put another video out. oh I hate him you know but since <laughs> since I've sort of like come away from from that well, I actually look at you and you're just a normal guy and I don't hate you but when I was in the community I hated you so bad it was unbelievable well I, I am slightly different when I make a video to went to my normal self you probably can tell from the conversation we're having now I am. Yeah. I do put on a little bit of a pompous attitude and a bit of a know-it-all attitude. I'm a little bit of a caricature of myself when I make those videos, so it's not surprising that <laughs> you guys were annoyed by me. <laughs> it was because you didn't get involved either. It was like I know, the worst but, part. But I knew, cause... I knew that annoyed you guys. That's why it was just perfect, absolutely perfect. <laughs> I knew that refusing to debate would wind you all up, and it still does to this day. Well, that was it. It was like you, you rarely responded in chat. Uh, occasionally, you would stop into somebody's live stream, say yep. a few sentences here and there, and then disappear. And it was like no one could tie you down to an argument. No one could tie you down to a debate. You couldn't get an answer. Well, you couldn't get a one-on-one -on -one with you, no matter how hard you tried. Nope. And it was like it was like somebody coming up and flicking you in the bollocks, and then <laughs> they were faster than you. They could run faster than you. You could never catch them. I like that. You know, and it was like, it was so annoying because then you'd come back and you'd flick you in the bollocks again and you'd be running again. <laughs> I, like, do you know what? Come back and fight me. <laughs> I actually spent 45 <laughs> minutes in one of Nathan's shows uh, basically having a conversation with him through the chat about how that I knew Neil deGrasse Tyson. I had to go and speak to him about Coriolis and stuff like that. And I wasted 45 minutes of his time talking to me and shouting at me rather than doing the show. So um, that's the sort of stuff that I, I enjoy doing. <laughs> uh, hey, yeah, I mean, to be fair, like I said, I mean, I think when you're in the, I think when you're in that mindset, when you're inside the, like I said, I'm going to say it's a cult because when you're in that, yeah. everyone's the enemy and you get this, this hatred for it's like, I'm not, a, I don't hate people at all. You know, I'm not in, in the real world when I'm out and about, I'm the nicest person you could ever meet, right? But inside the community, when you're looking at other globe earthers that are putting a video out about you, you become enemy number one. And it's like the only person you want to really have a, a real fist fight with is that person. And it's weird. It's like it puts you in this mindset yeah. of you are the enemy. You are the antichrist. Well, I don't, you never, I don't think it ever came across that you hated people when you were doing no. your videos. No, well, that's the, that's the that's another thing. You see, I was able to put a lid on it. <laughs> yeah, you were, you were, you definitely were, you definitely were. Like some some people are very bad at putting a lid on it. They will. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, you know of people who've done videos about me. But if I 
ever released all of the messages I've ever got, I think you'd be a bit shocked uh, because some of them are pretty bad. Wow. I mean, I don't think I ever did. I don't think I ever sent you any no. nasty messages never. or no, anything no, no. like that. Never, never, um, never. never. I just, I, I'm talking you know more I mean? about the the a lot of the viewers, the flat earth viewers rather than the content mm. creators. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I understand that. There are a lot of people that are so um, down the rabbit hole in this. And I think it was easy for me to come out because I didn't get involved with the gravity argument, with the ISS yeah. argument, with the moon landing argument. So if I'd been able to disprove one thing, which was local curvature, uh, if I was still believing, okay, I'm so invested in the gravity argument, then I would still be in that flat earth mindset because yeah. I wouldn't be able to, to cut the cord because I was invested in so many different things. But for me personally, I was just in, invested in one thing and that was just optics, yeah. local curvature. That's all I was interested in. So, and I can see where probably a lot of people are trying to come to terms with it because I've had a lot of messages from people saying, well, it's, it's an image. Yes, it looks like it's showing curvature. Yes, it looks like it's showing drop. But what about all the other things? All the other things, right? And I don't think they're getting it, that all the other things follow. They're related, yeah. And related. Once you, if you, As soon as you determine drop and curvature, then the rest all follows. Gravity must follow. The rest of it must follow. The, the water must stick to the ball. You know, it's, it's obvious. So you can kind of, if you want to, disassociate yourself with flat earth if you process it properly but if you're so invested in all the different things involved in the in the in the argument then i don't think this is going to be enough for a lot of people and that's what people are saying to me it's like you're you've changed from being a flat earther on one image and one observation and it's not just one observation it's a series of different observations from different people hashtag thanks bev yeah <laughs> but but he he proved to me that it is uh, a normal observation from that spot, which is definitely showing curvature. So did I need to be, you know, as long as the other, the other flat earthers can appreciate that and understand the gravity of what they're looking at, they may be able to pull back. But I think for the most part, they're just too invested. And yeah. the, the, the two, they can't just say, I'm going to put the put my keyboard down and not, not go into the comments section or listen to Nathan argue with people. It's like a routine for them. Yeah. And I feel sorry for them because they, sh you know, they should be living their lives. And I spent five years not living my life. I spent five years investing so many hours into Flat Earth on every, you know, every single day, and I'll never get those years back. And they were wasted years. Yeah, well, the important thing is you're back now, buddy. And I have to, it's, it's been really fascinating watching the whole thing unfold. And I'm sure there'll be more to come uh, in terms of off the back of this uh, which again will probably be very fascinating. But thanks so much for joining me. Really appreciate it. Um, so you guys have got a podcast, haven't you? You, you? you plugged it earlier. The almost unbelievable podcast. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit about that quickly? Yeah. Okay. So Cat's got in touch with me, and he said to me, "Do you want to do a, a podcast with me?" So I read his message and I ignored him because I didn't <laughs> like him back, back then. <laughs> and then he messaged me again about three weeks later and he said the same thing. And I thought, oh, this guy's persistent. Right, okay then. So I'll find out what he's going to ask me. And we started talking and it's a paranormal podcast. So Cats tries to science the paranormal. So if somebody brings us a story and they've got a, a, a fantastic story, it sounds great. We put it on the podcast and Cats tries to find a scientific explanation for it. And I'll try to embolden that with paranormal things that we can add to that so it's very di you know we're, we're kind of like at different ends of the scale on this yeah but the 
the dynamics work very well. We have been nominated for an award as well after our just our first season. So Amazing. it's really going well. We do put a lot of work into the editing and the production of it and things like this. So uh, we've been do? told by everybody. <laughs> we've been told by everybody that it's a really good podcast. So if you have got the opportunity to look us out, it's the almost unbelievable paranormal podcast. And we're on Spotify and all that kind of good stuff and on youtube we're just known as almost unbelievable excellent and we'll pop links for that in the description but i have got a little story now for the two of you if you both want to try and uh work through this let's do it so i i worked for about 10 years in a bowling alley and in that bowling alley there was something called the pulpit so it was like separate to the bowling alley there's some doors you go through it's really really dark and dingy people play nine ball pool stuff like that and there was always a lot of stories at late at night when everyone was shutting up uh, and closing down where they could hear things in that pulpit. And I, I mean, I am very much probably in the same camp as, as cats in, in terms of what we, we think about this sort of thing. But I was down in the pulpit one night and I was cashing up and I definitely heard pool balls clicking together. I, in my mind, I 100% heard pool balls clicking together. Now, all the balls, because everyone had gone, were in racks underneath the, the bar. There was no balls left out there. There was no one in the pulpit and that I was the only one in there. I put it down to, I'm hearing things, but as I, the more I think about it, it was definitely pool balls clicking together. What do you make of that? Ooh, well, to you first. Okay, so we had um, the Confederate ghosts of Arlington Cemetery on recently. And okay. we had one of the ladies that used to show all the um, people that would come around to, to go around it on a tour and she would talk about different people that had passed away there, et cetera. And she had different areas that she would go to where different ghosts were known to inhabit. And one of them played Confederate music. Okay. So so she would go down and it, there was a name for the, for the song that was being played and he would play it on the drums and she recognized it as a Confederate song. And she told it, because when she was just working there, she was she talked to this other woman who'd been working there longer. Mm. And she said, yeah, the, oh, that's such and such a ghost that plays the drums there. And every uh, week at least they would hear the drums being played from from this young boy that apparently died there whilst he was uh, from the Confederates. So it's possible maybe in that location there was a very popular pool player or snooker player that lived there, maybe spent most of his time there and just likes to hang out there now, you know, okay. and maybe that's what you're hearing, some kind of echoes of the past perhaps. Okay. Well, from my point of view, I mean, it's funny you mention that because when I was younger, I used to make a hobby out of breaking into um, bowling alleys and hiding in the pool room. <laughs> and You're joking. <laughs> clicking balls together behind... Uh, uh, no, joking. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, I'm kidding. I never broke. Um, I always defer to... When it's a story that I haven't got a lot of information on, I always defer to the Ghost in the Machine paper that come out of Coventry University. Ranty must be sick of hearing me say this, but <laughs> it talks about the effects of infrasound. Um, so if you're working in a bowling alley, you're going to have lots and lots of machinery. You're going to have lots and lots of open spaces for her to be moving through underneath the floorboards, etc. You're going to be having um big high possibility of an infrasound now what infrasound can do is it it heightens any emotions so if you're somewhere where you're a little bit alone and and anxious because it's dark even if you don't know it, it makes you feel a lot more anxious but um crucially it can also make you hallucinate it can uh, the, the vibrations can cause your the receptors in the eye and the ear to be activated and those um those activations are perceived by the brain as a message that tries to process them the best that it possibly can okay uh, to fit the situation so perhaps, perhaps something like that. That's, that's uh, okay. I mean, I, I one of the things I possibly thought was I spent so much time in there listening to people play pool that it was just 
something it was just another sound that sounded like that which i linked to it that's the only other thing i could say think hmm. about it but, possibly uh, who knows but there, there was stories actually ranty about how because this this bowling alley was was built into a dugout chalk cliff so the whole cliff had been dug out and the bowling alley was built into the the gap that remained and there were stories about there was a burial ground in the chalk pit in the chalk thing before the bowling alley was built so everyone who worked there all the all the people all the young kids and stuff they hated being in the pulpit by themselves at night oh wow well we did we did another story that was uh very similar to to that when this guy dug up some bones from an old cemetery in germany and uh he was well he had some ghosts come and sit on the back of his car on the way home <laughs> funnily enough so he's seeing these ghosts on Brilliant. the way home sitting in his car just on the back seat you know he brought them home with him and they were dressed in like 16th century clothing so i mean that would be freaky i'll tell you that but listen let me just respond to conspiracy cats there okay. when he turned okay. around and he said that he used to clack his balls when he was younger i can definitely believe that <laughs> but the idea that he was ever a child that has to be the most unbelievable story i've ever heard Thank you very much. Good one. Love it. Love it. Um, anyway, guys, for more stuff like that, um, then please do check out their podcast. It really is good. Almost unbelievable paranormal podcast. We'll put a link in the description. Ranty, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, really enjoyed it. Really appreciate you popping on. Um, you are pretty much done now, aren't you, with Flat Earth? You're just going to try and hang around and, and get this image through a bit more, aren't you? Yeah, it's been a pleasure as well. Let me just say it's been a pleasure being here. And as for going forward, yeah, I don't expect to be around for very much longer in the Flat Earth community. I just want to spend a little bit of time here for the next week or maybe 10 days or so, just finishing up going around a few extra uh, places and just telling people in that 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 area what my side of the, uh, the, the argument was. I was lucky enough to actually be invited onto Conspiracy Cats channel to debate one of the premier Flat Earth debate debaters and he was called Brian's Logic, and he was uh, a formidable, formidable opponent, I have to say. Absolutely brought his A-game from the Flat Earth community, and if you want to hear how that went down, go and check out Conspiracy Cat's channel, because the uh, the four-hour demolition of that is on there. Yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was very good. I was actually watching a little bit of that uh, just before bed, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, so no prizes for guessing what happened. Um, we're all good. So, Cats, uh, anything good coming up? Um, I will be doing a bit of a response to how the Flat Earth community have reacted to recent events um, sometime in the next three weeks. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> That's it. At sometime in the next three weeks slash three yeah. months that's what we're going yeah. for um and oh, this way but by the time he puts it out i'll be old news at it'll be yeah. next year yeah. <laughs> like, who's ranty who's he talking oh about? dear uh I, everyone, friday is a big one for me i'm taking on uh, eric debay's level so i'm doing uh, i'm doing three videos on it breaking it down 20 minutes each uh of, of the of the documentary and we're going to completely smash eric debay's uh flat earth documentary so look out for that on friday anyway we are done thanks so much for listening we'll see you all next week next week we have got uh paul Ogier and shannon q uh oh, we're going to chat a bit of atheism and stuff like that uh, with them so that should be good uh otherwise uh, enjoy your week we'll see you soon bye-bye bye-bye bye-bye